Amen. Praise the Lord. That's pretty good. Amen. That'll make an Episcopalian knock out the back end of his robe, right? Hallelujah. Good place to be tonight. Two years ago, the executive board was meeting down in Turbyville. We began talking about planning for last year's state meeting. Wanting to invite someone to come in to encourage the men of God and to really put a fire up under us to where we could leave this place knowing that we've not only met with God, we've heard from God with encouragement in our hearts. I called Dr. Joe Arthur and he said he was not able to be here. And uh, of course, if you're going to get some of these evangelists that uh, have very busy schedules, just like Jim had spoken, I believe it was this morning, some of these men are two years out or better. He said, I can't come, but I can come in 2018. I said, well, that'll be great. Uh, you'll be closer to home. We spent a week together last year here in meeting. Uh, rode around with Brother Joe. He found where his papaw was buried. Buried in a potter's field, basically, is what it was. He began to tell me the story about his papaw being a blind beggar. Sitting up at the Sky City right here in Spartanburg playing his little guitar and selling pencils, I believe it was. Touched my heart, but every time that I talked to the man of God, he encouraged me. He is a great man of God. I do love him tonight. He preaches all over this country. He's been in Indiana. He's been in North Carolina this week, and now South Carolina headed to Georgia tonight right after service. The Lord's using him mightily. He's got a heart for souls. He's got a heart for the church. He's got a heart for pastors he is a pastor's pastor i love him he is the pastor of harvest baptist tabernacle in jonesboro georgia would you make welcome dr joe arthur tonight thank you preacher good to see you brother praise the lord the gospel of luke tonight chapter 19 and uh, brother ernie as always that blessed my heart man and what I like about Ernie and his wife, they enjoy their singing if nobody else does. That's good. You might have to do that in your preaching sometimes. And uh, praise God, that was juicy. Make me shout. I like it, old-time religion. I love it. Mage Jackson used to say the only folks that don't like old-time religion are those who've never had any. Because you ever get a good dose of it, it'll runch you. Love it. I appreciate being here. Thank you for allowing me to come. And it's always a blessing to be among the brethren. And it's always good to be with Brother McComas. And then a special blessing. Dr. Crow's with us tonight. We're glowing the crow of the crow. I love that. And I appreciate Brother Crow. What a blessing. And I love to hear him preach. And he's preached at our church. Our people really enjoyed it. And I, I love this man of God. I'll tell you, if you love Jesus, I love you. Amen. You love the lost souls of mankind, I love you. Amen. If you're a Calvinist, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> but God is good. Amen. Turn to somebody to your right and say, you're looking good tonight. You really are. That's kind of tough, wasn't it, brother? Now turn to somebody you left and say you ugly, but I'm praying for you, praise God. Come on, I dare you. 
Come on, Frankie, check in back there now. I was preaching in Knoxville the other night, and I came in. This fellow in the back had his arm around this lady. I, I said, hey, buddy, is that your sweetheart? She said, no, it's my wife. <laughs> it was real cold in that section. <laughs> if you love the Lord tonight, say amen. amen. Luke's Gospel tonight, chapter number 19, and I'll begin reading in verse number 29. And it came to pass when he was come nigh to Bethpage and Bethany at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go ye into the village over against you, in the which at your entering ye shall find a colt, or a little donkey, if you will. Ye shall find a colt tied, whereon yet never man set. Loose him and bring him thither. Now, verse number 31 is one of these verses that tires my nerves up. It said, If any man ask you, why do ye lose him? Thus you shall say unto him, Because the Lord hath need of him. Amen. That's one of them verses that tires me up. To think that the God that made it all has a need. I've said this, other preachers have said this, and I know what they mean, and I don't know what I'm trying to say. As far as God being righteous and holy and omnipotent and eternal, he is God all by himself, and I know that. But if the gospel gets preached, if the lost gets won to Jesus, guess who's going to do it? So therefore tonight, the Lord needs you. He needs you in his army. He needs you in his service. He needs me. I got one better than that. He wants me. I got one better than that. He'll take me. I got one better than that. He'll use me. The Lord hath need of him. He needs your voice. He needs your testimony. He needs you and the greatest work in all the world, and that's proclamating the gospel and winning lost people to Jesus Christ. The Lord hath need of him. And verse number 32, And they that were sent went their way and found even as he had said unto them. And as they were loosening the colt, the owners thereof said, Why do you loose him? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. Now, verse number 35, and they brought him to Jesus and cast their garments upon the coat, and they set Jesus thereon, and as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God, I like this, with a loud voice. For all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And what do you know? They're still hanging around the Pharisees. Some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. But I love the way Jesus takes up for us. He said in verse 40, and he said unto them, I'll tell you that if these should hold their peace, then the stones would immediately cry out. And in the light of that, I want to just say this. I don't want no rock shouting in my place. 
Because I don't know what the Lord did for that rock, but I know what he did when he got me out of the mire and he put me on the rock. You may be seated tonight. Before us is that great text of the triumphant entry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now all of my life, this passage has meant a whole lot to me. Let me tell you why this passage means so much to me and this little story I'm going to tell you. And after I get through telling this story, we'll preach some Bible. You don't have to be around me much to know that my daddy was my hero. He was an old-fashioned, leather-long, seven-row-spitting preacher. And I loved my daddy. He was my hero. He was my buddy. He was my friend. He taught me how to hunt, taught me how to fish, taught me how to shoot a gun. I asked him one time, I said, Dad, how come you didn't teach me to play golf? He said, we're Christians. <laughs> and we don't dabble in the things of this world. I said, Dad, is playing golf a sin? He said, if you play the way I do, it's an abomination in the sight of God. But I love my daddy. My daddy grew up very, very, very poor. In fact, my dad said he grew up so poor, there was seven zeros between the P and the R. My daddy said he was so poor that if he got to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, he had to lick somebody else's fingers. That's what he said. And uh, just poor country people. And uh, dad had to quit school uh, and get a job to help his mother raise him and his two brothers while Papa was off fighting in World War II. And because of that, daddy did not get what he used to call a formal education. And uh, not long after that, then the Korean campaign broke out. Dad got drafted into the army and found himself stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky in the paratroopers. And they were making their last jump. And an unseen storm came up. And my dad and two others are the only ones that walked away. Dad was recovering from that. And one night coming back from Nashville, back up to Fort Camel, they had a wreck. And my dad was ejected from the car with several other guys. The ambulance people came and they were hauling everybody away. And they almost left my dad buried waist deep in mud in a ditch. But a policeman had a flashlight and he saw two shiny boots and they went over there and got dad out. He spent nine months in an army hospital. When they got dad back, a surgeon literally had to take a knife and cut every one of my daddy's teeth out of his tongue. That left my dad with a somewhat of a speech impediment. If you were not familiar with my dad, some people had a hard time understanding it. I just want to say I understood every word. And when he had that belt in his hand, I really understood every word. But all of that left my dad with a very serious inferiority complex. Evidently enough people told my dad, that he was stupid and dumb and no good when he was a boy, and that he believed it. And let me say, be careful what you say to a child. You can cripple them for the rest of their life. And even up to, to my daddy died, he never felt like he was worth anything. He always felt like he was no good, not talented enough, and the least of all the least. Well, in 1957, God saved my daddy. 
And it wasn't long after that that God called my dad to preach. My daddy ran from that call. He just felt like that he wasn't educated enough and talented enough and, and good enough. He felt like God just couldn't use anybody that didn't have any more ability or education than him. He just felt like he wasn't good enough to do what God had called him to do. And one Saturday night in Danville, Virginia, he slipped in the back of a little church having a revival. And an evangelist was preaching that night from this text that I'm preaching from about this little donkey that carried Jesus into town. About this little donkey that lifted Jesus high. And this little donkey carried Jesus to somebody that needs to see him. And, and, and Jesus got all the praise and the donkey got none of the praise. And he's preaching on that. And toward the end of that sermon, he looked in the back and pointed to my dad and said, Hey, young man, God is calling you to preach. But you don't feel like you're good enough. You don't feel like you're educated enough. You don't feel like you're up to the task. Son, according to this text, the Holy Ghost has told me to tell you, if a donkey can do it, you can too. Come down here and get saddled up. And that night, my daddy walked the aisle and gave his life to be a preacher. And it must have worked because for the next 61 years, he lifted Jesus high, carried Jesus to somebody that needs to see him. And his whole ministry, this was his theme. If a donkey can do it, you can too. I can hear him now in the back of my mind preaching as the power of God come upon him. And he'd say, Lord God, youngins, if a donkey can do it, you can too. If a donkey can lift Jesus high, if a donkey can carry Jesus to somebody that needs to see him, and Jesus gets all the praise and the donkey gets none of the praise, if a donkey can do it, you can too. And I believe tonight every one of us in this room can leave saddled up to the King of kings and Lord of lords and lifting Jesus high and magnifying Jesus high and taking Jesus to a lost and a dying world. Taking Jesus to somebody that needs to see him. And I just want to say if a donkey can do it, you can too. Settle up and leave here tonight lifting Jesus up and carrying Jesus to somebody that needs to see him. I heard that all my life. Back down last year at Easter, I was preaching through the passion of Christ. And I was studying for next Sunday sermon on a big Delta jet on the tarmac in Atlanta. And I was reading about the triumphant entry. And oh, I heard that old man say as loud as I ever heard it, Hey boy, if a donkey can do it, whoop, you can too. Son, God invaded that 747. And I was a sitting there crying, a raising my hand. 
and had already made this announcement report all suspicious looking people to the authorities what they don't know they all look suspicious to me and I got to praising God on that airplane, tears running down. I had my hands in the air. That woman come by, stewardess said, Sir, can I help you? And I thought, I said, No, ma'am, if a donkey can do it, you can do. But aren't you glad God can use us tonight? God can anoint us tonight. God can thrust us into the greatest work in all the world. And that's magnifying, lifting high, and taking Jesus to somebody that needs and if a donkey can do it you can too let me give you three things the Lord gave me about this donkey who carries Jesus into town number one the donkey before it can be used it has to be bought the donkey has to be bought now if you want something that will bless you go home and read the book of Exodus and you'll find that the donkey was one of the only animals that was born with a curse upon it. The Bible said in the book of Exodus that if a man had a donkey, he was to break his neck. The only purpose the donkey had was to have its neck broken and to die. He is under the curse of death. And the only thing the donkey's got to look forward to is getting its neck broke and dying and being burned home the ashes. But God is so good. He even has a plan so little donkeys can live. And the book of Exodus said the man has got to redeem the donkey. If he's going to live and not die, the donkey has got to be redeemed. And when I thought it couldn't get any better, the next verse says, the only thing that can redeem the donkey is a lamb. The only way the donkey is going to survive, it's got to be redeemed by a lamb. The only thing that's going to lift the curse off of that donkey. If that donkey's ever going to survive to be a blessing to anybody, he's got to be redeemed. And not just redeemed, but redeemed by a lamb. You say, what has that got to do with us? I'm glad you asked. We were born with the curse of hell and sin and death and rebellion and unbelief on our life. And the only thing we had to look forward to was to die without God and go to hell. But God had a plan whereby we could live, whereby the curse could be reversed. And it's God's plan of redemption. And may I quote some scripture. We are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold or the vain conversation received from the tradition of our fathers but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without spot and without blemish I'd be in hell and I'd lost forever but the lamb shed his 
blood and I have been bought. I have been purchased. I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I'll be in that city. I'll be in that number. Not because I'm a Baptist. Not because I'm a Southerner. Not because my skin is white. Oh no. I'll be in that country because I've been to Calvary and I've been washed in the blood and I've been redeemed. Redeemed. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Woo! Redeemed. Oh, I love that little word. Redeemed. It means to pay a price. It means to purchase as one's own. It means to be set free to honor the one that just paid the price. I owed a debt I couldn't pay. And Christ paid a debt he did not owe. The Bible said when Jesus was on this earth that the foxes had holes and the birds had nests, but the Son of Man had no place to lay his head. When Jesus Christ was on this earth, every single thing he had was borrowed. He borrowed a womb to be born from. He borrowed a house to live in, a bed to sleep in, and a table to eat at. He borrowed a boat to preach from. He borrowed a donkey to ride. He even borrowed a cross to die on. And he borrowed a tomb to lay in. You say, why did he borrow that? He wasn't going to need it but for three days. Everything he had was borrowed. When Jesus was on this earth, he never bought a parcel of ground. He never bought a house. He never bought a team of oxen. No, the only thing that Jesus ever bought and paid for was your soul and mine when he bought us by the precious blood that he shed on Calvary. Redeemed, how love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through his infinite mercy. His child and forever I am. I want to serve notice on the the devil tonight. I don't belong to him. I don't belong to the world. I don't even belong to myself. I'm his and he is mine. I've been purchased off of the auction block of sin. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. And the blood has never lost its power. I read the other day about a little boy. He made him a little boat. He's down there by the creek playing with that little boat. And that little boat got away from him. Man, it floated on down the stream. And the story said that he walked up and down the banks of that creek trying to find that little boat. And one day he was going by the pawn shop and he looked up in the window and there was his little boat. He went in and spake to the proprietor of the pawn shop and said, that's my little boat. The man behind the counter said it may have been at one time, but it's mine now. And if you get it back, you'll have to buy it. Well, the little boy runs home and goes to his mother. The little boy runs home and goes to his mother. The little boy goes home and runs to his mother. The daddy wouldn't have cared, but the mothers do. I don't understand this. The boys run to the mother and the girls run to daddy. Now that is another subject for another day. And said, I found my boat. 
I need two dollars. And she gave him the two dollars and he ran back and put the two dollars on the counter. And the proprietor of the pawn shop said, sold for two dollars. And somebody was standing by said they saw that little boy pick that boat up and hug it. One bystander said he saw the little boy kiss it. And one bystander said he heard the boy say to the little boat, you're mine. I made you, but she left me. But I found you, and I brought you back. Little boat, you're twice mine. You're twice mine. I want to say tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we're twice gods. We're gods by creation and we're gods by redemption. I didn't get saved when I joined the church. Turn over a new leaf. I'm telling you, I got saved when the precious blood of the sovereign, special, holy Lamb of God washed my sins away. I want to tell you the reason why Jesus bought you and redeemed you is to get saddled up and lift him high and take him to somebody that needs to see him tonight. If you've been redeemed, saddle up and carry Jesus into town. Because if a donkey can do it, you can too. The donkey has to be bald. Notice something else in this text tonight. That donkey has to be brought. Now, Jesus says to his disciples, when you find this donkey, he's going to be tied. And before I can ever use him, you got to loose him, untie him. He's got to get out of his world and get over here into my world. I believe a lot of us would have a double dose of high-octane anointing if we would get untied. We're too bound up, not necessarily with evil things, but lesser things. You say, what do you mean by that word lesser? If it's not lifting up Jesus and magnifying Jesus and winning people to Jesus, it is a lesser thing. Because the greatest thing we can be involved in tonight and that's getting the gospel out and seeing somebody get saved. And that donkey has got to get loose. He's got to get untied. He's got to get out of his world and get over there in Jesus' world. Now I know you're not supposed to talk to animals. But I'll tell you people do it all the time. My wife came to pick me up to the airport the other day and I was waiting on her. Man, this lady ran by me and ran over there to this big old Mercedes and jerked that door open and she was crying and she said, Oh, precious. Oh, my baby, precious. Oh, I missed you, precious. And I'm thinking, dude, whatever you have done to your wife to make her talk to you like that, talk to me. Mine just usually says, get in the car, give me the offering, we gotta go. <laughs> Dr. Crow, in a few minutes, a little old chihuahua about that big stuck its head out that window, started licking that woman in the face, and she licked him back. 
she was more glad to see the dog than she was her husband. And when I saw him, I knew why. And I'm going to tell you, if I'd have been married to her, I wouldn't even went and picked her up. Can I get a witness right now? She was talking to the dog. Well, listen, I don't know if you're supposed to talk to animals or not, but I'd like to go over here tonight and talk to that donkey just a minute. Can I indulge just a minute and talk to that donkey? I'd like to say something like this. Mr. Donkey, I don't know what your plans are for today. Mr. Donkey, I don't know what all you're going to be involved with today. But Mr. Donkey, if you got any sense at all, you'll let these men cut you loose. Because there's a man named Jesus that's about to get on you. And Mr. Donkey, if you'll just let Jesus get on you, I'm going to tell you right now, buddy, you're in for the ride of your life. Boy, can I stop right there? How many of you preachers, you look back over your life, God saved you. God began to deal with you about being a preacher. And here you are, 25, 35, 45, 95 years down the road. And you look back, and you look back over your life. How many will admit, buddy, when you got saddled up to the king and started doing the will of God for your life, it's been the ride of your life. You could have never planned your life like that. Pea Ridge, Alabama. I mean, if you looked up Pea Ridge, it's not even in the Britannica Encyclopedia. You can't even Google Pea Ridge. But God reached down in Pea Ridge, Alabama and found him a man whoop, and saved him. You are saved, aren't you? And saved him and filled him with the Holy Ghost. And God's given him a ministry that's carried him all over this country. And he told me about the meeting that he had in Mexico just last week. And on the internet alone, one service, 17 thousand plus people heard the gospel and got saved. Can I just interview a minute? Have you been in the ride of your life or what? Whoever thought a little old lost preacher's boy from Frog Level, North Carolina, right side out of Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, nothing but hot dogs and a paper mill, and God reached down on Wood Street and saved that lost preacher's boy from Frog Level, North Carolina, Whoa! and saved my soul and called me to preach. And I just want to say, if you're looking for somebody to feel sorry for, go somewhere else. It's been the ride of my life. And I'm telling you, if you let go and let God and get cut loose and get out of your world and into his world, you're in for the ride of your life. You can be too busy to preach. You can be too busy to be a soul winner. You can be too busy to get full of the Holy Ghost, anointing of God, get cut loose. And erase the boundaries and tear down the fences and jump all in for the glory of God. We had a young man come through our church one time. 
Come to think of it, we've had a lot of people come through. I told them that the devil changed our name from Harvest to Throughway Baptist. I'm even going to put a revolving door in the vestibule. How many of you pastored somebody passing through? But if they really meet him, but they're pilgrims and strangers. They're not going to settle down in anybody's church passing through. This young man came to me. He said, I want to go to a meeting with you. I want to get to know you. I want to spend some private time with you. I want to see what makes you tick. And I said, son, you can spend every day of the rest of your life with me and you ain't going to know no more than you do now because what you see is what you get. You might as well be you because you're going to come out somewhere. I gave in and I let him go. Every time I turn around, he's asking this every day. And finally one day, he got to hold of my stuff. Got to going through my stuff. Picked up my Bible and went through that. Picked up my sermon notes. Went through. Didn't take him long to do that. And then he got my planner. That's before I cloud. Boy, you better pray that cloud don't never crack because none of us will know where to go. And he got that planner. He got that date book. And he got to thumbing through it. And when he, and he did, he went, ooh, yuck. Now look up here. I'm a country boy. I don't care if you look at my stuff, but don't yuck it. You know? I didn't ask you to look. Yuck. And I said, boy, what are you yucking? He said, oh, my. I said, what's your problem? He said, I wouldn't want every day of my life planned out like that. And I know I shouldn't have done it. I'm like that fella on TV. The devil made me do it. I said, son, I've heard you preach. You ain't got nothing to worry about being busy every day of your life. You say, you shouldn't have done that. He started it. And I followed it with this. I said, son, let me tell you why I said that. You know, you come pretty regular on Sunday morning, and you may come back Sunday night if you can wake up from that big nap, and you never come on Wednesday. You never go out soul winning. You never lift your hands to do nothing for God. And I said, son, I didn't write the Bible, but Jesus said it when he wrote it. It is required in a steward that he be found faithful. I said, you're too busy to surrender. You're too busy to get the anointing. You're too busy to serve God. But I want to say to this crowd of people tonight, whatever has got you bound up and bogged down, cut loose of it tonight. Get free from it tonight. And erase the boundaries. And erase the borders. And get all in for God. Get free. Get cut loose. Get out of your wheel. Into God's wheel. And can I warn you, you'll be in for the ride of your life. He's got to be bought. He's got to be brought. Boy, there's something else in the text. The donkey has got to be broken. Jesus says now this is an unusual donkey. He said when you find this one, he said in our text, no man has set on him yet. He's wild. He's never had a rider. He's still in his natural state. 
And I'm telling you, you know what a donkey's natural tendency is? Bite. Buck. Fuss. Rare up. You say, I don't believe that's people's natural tendency. <laughs> you never pastored a Baptist church like I have. I don't know how much you know about horses and mules and donkeys and stuff, but I just want to give you this warning. You woke up to one that's never been broken, your high old silver may not work. Because <laughs> you go hit the ground as fast as you got on. Because it's the natural tendency of a donkey to bite, rear up, and fuss, and resist. By the way, there's nothing natural about you reading the Bible. There's nothing natural about you fasting and praying. There's nothing natural about you getting full of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing natural about going soul winning and preaching the gospel and building a church. That is not natural. Oh, but when Jesus saddles up, when the king gets on you, oh yeah, you get out of your will and you get into his will. He's got to be broken. I was riding down the road the other day and there are just some things you don't need to see operating a motor vehicle. I got so blessed. I forgot how fast I was going. This fellow with a funny looking car with a little bubble gum machine on top interrupted my Bible study. I tried to share this spiritual truth with him. He was all law and no grace. It's probably a Calvinist. I said, I can't. I said, I'm a poor preacher. I can't pay that ticket. He said, I know you're a poor preacher. I've heard you preach before, but you're going to get this ticket. Son, I was riding down the road and it hit me. Jesus said, this little donkey, no man has said on him yet. You know what Jesus is saying? I'm about to do something for him, on him, and with him that nobody has ever done before. Ooh. Can I talk to that little donkey again? Donkey, hold on. You're about to fill a hand like you've never felt. Mr. Donkey, you're about to fill a breath you've never failed. Mr. Donkey, you're about to hear a voice like you've never heard. Mr. Donkey, you're about to sense a presence like you've never sensed. Something's going to get a hold of you. Something's going to happen to you. It ain't ever happened before. But you're going to like it, Mr. Donkey. Oh, I wonder if there's anybody in this room tonight you're saved. If you're saved, raise your right hand. If you know it, raise your left hand. If you're glad about it, just raise both of them. Oh, look at me. Get them back up. Get them back up. Oh, those of you tonight with your hands lifted, when God saved you, guess what? He did something for you nobody had ever done before. 
I, I believe I'm among friends so I can go farther. Boy, that night when God filled you with the power of the Lord and the unction of the Holy Ghost, God did something for you nobody has ever done before. Hey, the doors that's been opened and the prayers that's been answered and the needs that have been met, nobody's ever done that for you before. Aren't you glad the God of this Bible, he'll do for us what no man can do has ever done. I want to say to Mr. Donkey, buddy, it's about to get on. He's going to do for you what nobody else has ever done. Had to break that donkey. Jesus walks up to that donkey and he never jumps. He never bucks up. He never resists. Jesus I believe he starts stroking his mane and says, it's okay. You say, I can he do that? He's a donkey whisperer. Uh, by the way, he is the same one that just told the sea. He is the same one that said to the wind. He is the same one that said to a dead man. He is the same one that said to the devil, come out of that man. And can I say this? If death and disease and the devil is no big deal, neither is a donkey because he can do what nobody else can do. Woo! If you don't think God's in this, here he comes, brings that donkey well, the Bible said that they get all beside themselves. I don't think they were Baptists, but they got beside themselves. And one writer said in our text, they took their clothes and threw them in the way. Another one of the writers says, they took palm branches. Now you be my spectators. Get your palm branch out. And, you're and, they're, and they're waving palm branches. The street is lying and they're hollering. If there's any Yankees here, they're hollering. They're shouting. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I preached this week in Indiana and this lady said, Oh, Dr. Arthur, awesome message tonight. Praise the Lord. And I preached in Hayesville last night. And the boy said, Oh, dear God, I'm God, I'm preacher. I pray God. I, 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 I. Woo! So they got clothes in their way. They're waving their palm. They're waving sticks at him. And they're hollering. Let's see if we can't illustrate this. You three fellas come here real quick. Y'all get on this side just like one, two, three, and face the baptistry. Let's see. Joe, you and Joe and fellow with the blue blouse on, you come on up here. And, and y'all stay. Y'all and just face these guys. All right, the street, it's lined up with hundreds of people, and they got their clothes in the way. They're waving palm branches at him. And then on both sides of the streets, they got their hands lifted. And they're hollering. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. That's pitiful. Come on. Well, glory. Hallelujah. And they're waving palm branches. And they got their clothes in the way. And here comes the donkey. Jesus is on him. And I'm telling you, they're naturally spooky and skittish. They're waving sticks at him. But the donkey rolls on. They got obstacles in his way. But he walks on. And they're yelling. And the donkey walks on. And the donkey walks on. And the donkey walks on. Oh, you're not going to distract him. You're not going to defeat him. You're not going to spook him. He's got the king on his back. He's got option on his back. He's got power on his back. He will not be defeated. He will not be discouraged. He walks on. He walks on. He walks on. Hey, won't you leave this place tonight with a dose of Holy Ghost, power of God on you, and quit being discouraged and distracted and denied and walk on. Hold it. And while that donkey is walking through all of that, nobody is saying, well, look at the cute little donkey. Nobody is saying, well, look at his ugly ears. Look at his big old fat lip. Nobody is saying, look at the cute little donkey. You know why nobody is saying, look at the cute little donkey, because he ain't cute. That donkey's like some of my wife's kin people. They're so ugly, they're cute. <laughs> nobody is saying nothing about the donkey. Amen. Glory to God. How long have I got? Hallelujah. You know why? They can't even see the donkey. Those Asiatic donkeys are only three and a half foot tall. And he's covered up in the garments of the king. You be the spectators, okay? Setting high. Woo! Hallelujah. Setting high on top of the donkey is the King, the Lord, the God of heaven. And they're saying, There he is, there he is. Hosanna, 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 Hosanna. There he is, the King of kings. The donkey gets no praise. Jesus gets all the praise. Woo! Because the donkey don't deserve none of the praise. 
but Jesus deserves all of the praise. Hold on, boys. I'll be back in a minute. If I forget you, just leave it your own will. Dr. Crow, I need to retract a statement. I just need to retract one. I told you a while ago that nobody is saying how cute the donkey is because there's nothing cute about him. I need to retract that statement. There is one thing beautiful about that donkey. If it is a true Asiatic Jerusalem donkey, where they cheer over that, if it's a true Asiatic Jerusalem donkey, every one of them, without exception, has a dark line down its back and another dark line across his shoulders and it forms a perfect cross. The happiest day in that donkey's life is when he picked up his cross and followed Jesus. Y'all sit down there, boys. Oh, oh, the donkey, he's got the cross on his back and Jesus on top of the cross riding the donkey on his way to the cross. I need to say that again. The donkey's got the cross on his back and Jesus on top of the cross and the donkey's taking Jesus to the cross. Hey! You know what we need to do? We need to leave this place tonight with the cross of Jesus and lifting him high and telling the world there's hope, there's victory, there's deliverance, there's power in the cross of Jesus Christ. Saddle up, saddle up and leave here with the king on you tonight. Let me close with this. Jesus said, if anybody asks you what's going on, Spell number four. Whoo! Yeah. I'm a Baptist, but it never crap my style. Can I get an amen right yeah. He said, you tell him, the Lord has need of him. As God was giving me this message back in the spring, I preached in Jackson, Michigan. Jackson is a little suburb of Detroit, about an hour west. And I went out to eat with all the pastors there one Friday one of the pastors said, Brother Joe, I'll take you back to the motel. And we got back to the motel where we're staying. A truck had the driveway blocked. A little blue truck. Brother, I noticed there were two massive feet, boots, work boots, sticking out from under the truck. So I just you know, thought, well, the truck's broke down. I mean, you know, it was a Ford. <laughs> And I just felt like the truck was broke down. And so I said to the preacher, I said, go around him, go around him. And Dr. Crow, when we went around him, it wasn't under the truck. It was a boy about my son's age laying beside of the truck. And I went up to that boy and I said, are you okay? And he reached to touch me. And he died. Holding my hand and he died I don't know if the little fella was saved or not I don't know but I thought oh Lord how many of these people out here in this old world they're dying every minute 
And it's not in Washington. Our hope is not in Washington. Our hope is not in politics. Obama, Osama, or your mama, or Trump, or Trumpet. Our hope is that we reach many women and boys and girls with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, I stood there as they hauled him away and I wept and I cried. I said, oh Lord, I hope somebody's witness to this young man. I hope somebody has gotten the gospel to this young man. I walked across the parking lot and I got in my room and I tried to sleep and I couldn't sleep. And I just got down and I started praying. And I said, Lord, for that little boy and girl that lives in the little mobile home park, send a donkey over there today. That little broken family that's got a drunkard for a father, Send a little donkey over there today. That broken family, that broken life, that man behind the prison bars, or like me, that lost church member sitting in the pew. Lord, send a donkey by and lift up Jesus and magnify Jesus and let people know there's hope in Jesus. There's victory in Jesus. There's deliverance in Jesus. Somebody needs us. Get settled up. Get saddled up. Can I tell you one more story about my daddy? And I'll quit. I promise. I'm just having a good time. 1926, Mordecai Ham comes to Danville, Virginia, and God saves my grandpa and my grandma. 1957, God saved their son, J.B., my daddy. In 1979, in the words of Wilma Lee and Stoney Cooper, I went fire to fight, but oh my, that night, something got a hold of me. Hey, hey, hey. God saved me. 2001, God saved my boy. 2002, God saved my girl. Now we're praying for their mother. I believe one of the reasons why God's used our family because that night my papa got saddled up. And he brought Jesus to our little house. And things are different when Jesus comes. Some little Sunday school child needs you tonight. Some Sunday school class needs you tonight. Some hungry congregation needs you tonight. Some drunkard behind the bars needs you tonight. A young person whose life has been wrecked by sin needs you tonight. Can I invite you to come and get saddled up to the King of kings and Lord of lords and erase the boundaries and erase the borders and tear down the fences and leave here tonight with God on you and power on you and unction on you that Jesus gets all the praise and we don't get any other praise. Because you take this home with you tonight. If a donkey can do it, you can too. Come on, get saddled up. And you'll have the ride of your life. Turn to somebody sitting beside of you and say, in Jesus' name, I think I'm going to saddle up and ride with the king. Lord Jesus, we love you tonight.
We thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy. And I want to thank you, Lord, for that day Papa got saddled up. Daddy got saddled up. And Lord, I pray we'll all leave this place tonight with you upon us like never before. Somebody needs us, Lord. Our nation needs us tonight. Our towns, our cities, our state, our churches, they need a witness. They need a light. They need a voice. May we volunteer tonight. Let you get upon us. And may we take you to somebody that needs to see you. Lord, as a result of this meeting tonight, thousands could be saved. Thousands could be swept into the kingdom of God. As a result of this meeting tonight, touch your preachers, touch your pastors, touch your men. Breathe on us, Lord, with Holy Ghost power. Hallowed on us with the power of God. Let us leave tonight saddled up. And we'll give you the glory because we ask it now in Jesus' name. We're standing all over the building tonight. While they sing for us, I wonder how many would just love to come and crawl in and get saddled up. Leave this place tonight with a double dose of Holy Ghost unction upon your life. Some family, some boy, some girl, some mommy, some daddy needs you tonight. They need your witness. They need your voice. A bus route needs you tonight. A Sunday school class needs you tonight. A door-to-door visit needs you tonight. A congregation needs you tonight. America needs your voice and your witness and your sacrifice. Saddle up. Saddle up. Leave with God upon you. Lift him high, lift him high. It's not about you and me. It's all about the king. It's all about the king. It's all about the king tonight. They need to see God in our life. Sing with him. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something wonderful happened. And now I know he touched me. me. We're going to sing that course again in a minute. Just let me ask you this. How many of you remember the little donkey that brought you Jesus? You remember that preacher, that Sunday school teacher? You say, preacher, are you just calling all of us a bunch of donkeys? Yep. But we saddled up to the King of Kings. How many of tonight, somebody you know, has been a blessing to you. You're here tonight because somebody brought you Jesus. Now you leave this place and you go take somebody else Jesus and you be a blessing to somebody like somebody's been a blessing to you. May we leave singing that great song. Let's sing that chorus. Everybody sing now. He touched me. 
my soul thank you my brother for letting me come God bless you man Something wonderful happened, and right now. 